You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. This is the MLW Radio Network. This is the Mind of the Meanie. Here are your hosts, the Blue Meanie and Adam Barnard. Peace world and welcome everyone to Mind of the Meanie, your weekly peek into the world according to former WWE superstar and ECW original, the Blue Meanie. We'll cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge all contained in the Mind of the Meanie. I am your tour guide, Adam Bernard, and he is the Blue Meanie. Meanie, what is on your mind, sir? It's the most horrible time of the year. <laughs> Dude, Ugh, this weather sucks, this, man. This time from January 2nd through St. Patrick's Day is complete and utter dog shit. It's, I hate it. Especially in Philly, too. Like, Philly, I feel like it's just just un, unabashedly worse. Like, nothing is worse than this shit. Yeah, it's just uh, every every year... Or at this time of the year, it's like there's that awesome buildup, you know, from September, you know, fall, leaves are changing. All right, it's Halloween. And then, you know, oh my God, Thanksgiving here. Oh, Christmas right around the corner. And then, uh, yeah, after, you know, the ball drops and everybody wakes up hungover, it's just like the sky's gray. Mm-hmm. The, do- the the snow's dirty. You know, <laughs> you know there's dog shit underneath there. You know, you're, you're going to accidentally step in. Just horrible. Yeah, it just bring on, bring on March, bring on April, bring on the warmer weather, bring on t- the sun being eight, out until eight o'clock at night. You know. I feel like this is the time of the year that's prepping us for all of that good shit that's coming. But undoubtedly, folks, and and the pod squad, I will tell you without fail, every fucking winter, whenever it snows, at some point in this time between January 2nd and typically St. Patrick's Day in the Philadelphia region, I, your humble tour guide, Adam Bernard, will step in a pile of dog shit. And it will happen. <laughs> and I will have to take a hose to the back of my shoe as I cuss the whole way through the house and stand out back while I spray my shoe in fucking 20 degree, 20 degree weather with water to get the dog shit off of my shoe, friends. And that is part and parcel of my life. And it sucks. Walking down the street like a pirate scraping your shoe on the, <laughs> the sidewalk, like, <laughs> got shit on my shoe, matey. Uh, you try to do everything. You try to curb stomp it off. Yeah, dude. Are you Just, now? Are you a dragon kind of guy, or are you like a like a wiping side to side? Like, are you dragging back and forth? Or uh, sometimes, I, sometimes I'll, I'll wipe it. Sometimes I'll do the twist. You know, just fucking, you know, just twist the sh- whatever. Get the, you know, find a good point of a curb. 
Yeah. Try to yeah. find some groove somewhere. Like if you can get like some mulch or something, you can get right up in the grooves of the shoe. Yeah. Because it's always, it's undoubtedly, right? It's never my work shoes, which are flat, right? Because I, you know, I wear, I have to wear nice shoes at my shoe job, but like, it's never those that I step in. It's always the ones that have like the intricate grooves where all of it just smears all into the fucking, into all, everything. It's horrible, dude. It's the worst. But what's not horrible, Meanie, is being yes. here with you this morning. Thank you so much oh, for joining you. us again. And thank you to the pod squad for being here with us again as well. We appreciate you so much. Meanie, it has been an absolutely insane week in wrestling. Oh my right God. Now. Yeah. Uh, there is a lot to talk about here. Uh, I guess the first place that we can start, really, uh, let's just roll right into the news from last night on Friday Night SmackDown, the Impact Knockouts champion. Mickey James is now an entrant in the WWE 2022 Royal Rumble. But what got me even more meaning was the fact that they referred to her as the Impact Knockouts Champion, which I'm not sure has been done maybe since the ECW times, right? I mean, it's like, well, let me, let's, let's start at the top. How do you feel about this forbidden door being opened in some aspects with Impact? And, and uh, what are your thoughts on it? Well, there's been like some kind of relationship there between Impact and WWE, right? Because they've done the AJ Style documentaries. They've done all these different kind of documentaries where they're showing footage from TNA, show, showing footage from Impact, and all that stuff. So there's always been some kind of working relationship there. WWE smart enough to know, hey, we need the footage. We'll put them over, give them the rub, you know, work with them. Uh, but the fact that, you know, Mickey's coming back as knockouts, uh, impact knockouts champion, uh, in the women's Royal rumble, that's pretty cool. That's uh really cool. And it always goes to show, you know, cause when she got initially released, you know, she showed the, uh, her, her gear being shipped back in the trash bag, which led immediately to, uh, I think Mark Carano getting fired for some, you know, for doing that, you know, right. sending it back like that. But it always goes to show, you know, you can always go back and yeah. do something, you know. People are like, oh, so-so got released, this, that, and the other thing. Or people leave. You know, guys just, you know, go, hey, I don't want to be here anymore. But, you know, there's always that chance of you can always go back. And this is one of those things where it's proof positive that, you know, no matter how, Things happen or went, you know, she's going to go back. She'll be in a rumble. It's, it's always, a, it's another thing, just to be careful what you say on the way out the door. You know, you, not, you never want to close that door. Talk about the, we're talking about the forbidden door, but the door in general. There's things I, that, you know, kind of irk me, annoy me, that, you know, when somebody's on the way out the door, you know, they shit talk the company they just, you know, worked for. Which, if I'm in another company looking to hire that person, I'd be like, "Well, fuck." They said that about WWE. I'm not. I'm not talking about anybody specific, but I've, stuff I've seen in wrestling history. You know, imagine you know somebody leaving WWE and shit talking them. So, I'm the next company who wants to hire you. Well, fuck. If things don't go good here, he's just going to bury us. Eh, eh, no thanks. We'll pass. So. Yeah, it's always good to leave on good terms, you know, uh, 
hey, you went there in the first place. So <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like somebody talking shit about their ex-girlfriend. Well, you, you fell in love with the person. So what's that say about you? Uh, so, it, you know, you should talk a company on the way out the door. It just looked bad. It, well, hey, you were, you were happy to take their money, right? So uh, it, just, it just, you know, something that, that bothers me on the way out the door. I can understand being upset, being fired, all the natural emotions of being let go. But always show some sense of, you know, appreciation on the way out the door because uh, in the long run, it's an investment, you know, people are making in you. It, whenever they hire you or whenever they put you on a poster or on a flyer in a video game or make a t-shirt, that's an investment. They made an investment. But for whatever reason right now, WWE's gone through some kind of structural change that has yet to show or which has yet to be revealed. So, I mean, maybe an, another year from now, maybe two years from now, there'll be a fine a finality to okay, what the fuck happened? <laughs> yeah. In the pandemic years from uh, you know, 2020 to say 2023, you know. And you know, I I have my opinions that's being sold. You know, they're they're Well, here's the thing. You know, people are like, "Well, AEW's hiring people, Impact that. They didn't fire anybody. They're well, they're not publicly traded companies. WWE's publicly traded." And that's a they really have, that's a really important distinction, friends. Like this is you know this is basic business, right? This is not just like oh fuck Vince McMahon or you know fuck Tony Khan. Like we're not saying that. What we're saying no. is what we're saying is is that this is just simple business, right? AEW well, I, Impact I, don't have the infrastructure, or you know they don't they don't have the 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 the, the size rather that WWE has. So go ahead, me. I'm yeah. sorry. No, 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 no. It's just I'm trying to. Try and give a basic understanding of why it is and how it is because everybody thinks each company's the same. And, you know, I may, in my opinion, one of the, you know, it might have been financially beneficial for WWE to go public and sell stock, but product wise, it's probably one of the worst things they could have done because they have to answer to shareholders. You know, simple, uh, Simple uh, thing with the NXT when the first version of NXT, where they come in and they you know beat up uh, John Cena, yeah, and Daniel Bryanson chokes out J Justin Roberts on the outside with a tie. The WWE didn't want to fire him over that, but a sponsor said something and a and a shareholder said something. And WWE has to answer to sponsors and shareholders. So Brian Daniel Bryan got you know fired for that little bit, and the, and and people on the inside fought that to bring him back. Yeah, but it's, if that had been somebody else, he would have been gone forever, probably. But I'm sure, but but, that, that, but but they could do that stuff in AEW because there's one person to answer to, and that's Tony Khan. Right, and you it's know? his it's his money. Thing. It's it's a lot. It's similar to this idea, this thing that people talk about. Like when um, I don't know if you remember a couple, maybe almost ten years ago now, um, when the Duck Dynasty controversy happened, where the father made some anti um, you know LGBT yeah. statements, and you know A and E suspended him for I don't even know how long, and everybody freaked out. It's like oh well, it's freedom of speech. It's like well, well no guys, like that that's not the same thing, right? Like pump, sure, pump, pump the brakes. Sure, yeah. he can say whatever he wants, 
right? Like, yeah, you know, it may, it sucks, but sure, he can say what he wants. But that doesn't stop A&E, who is beholden to their stakeholders and their shareholders and the people who pay their bills from saying, hey, we don't agree with this. You don't have a job anymore. You know, it's the same thing. It happens all the time. It right. happened. Something happened with um, Greg Hamilton, the former announcer on WWE, right? He went on, on Instagram and said something to rapper West Side Gun. And all of a sudden he's gone. Well, why was that? You know, like it's, it, these are questions that, that, and these are things that happen to people all the time. And it's just, it, it's because of the way that the, the corporate structure works with shareholders. And you're right. Like Tony Khan is the only person at the very top he has to answer to. So that the infrastructure is, is very, very different. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't talk politics. I don't talk religion. No, but, no, right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but like people, you know, there's been people who have been suspended from Twitter People want to cry freedom of speech, and it's like nobody's taking their speech away. You can still say it, right? Right. Free, free, you know, the First Amendment is you know uh, freedom from you know being locked up for your fucking what, what you guys what, what, for what you're saying. You know, you have the right to say things, but you're not protected from the consequences of private business not wanting to do business with you anymore. And so. the, the reason that I brought that up was just to emphasize the point like, yeah. hey guys, this is, you know, Daniel Bryanson was in a very similar situation where he choked out Justin Roberts. Somebody said something, they had to fire him because they're paying the bills, right? I right. Don't, I, don't dis, I don't disagree though. I, I take a lot of shit for this sometimes, but I, I still feel like WWE is for sale. And I think a lot of that has to go, and we'll go back, we'll come back to Mickey James in a second, but I do want to touch on this point because I think it's, yeah, it's, a, yeah, yeah. it's an important conversation as far as what's been happening too with the NXT releases. I mean, you know, the most shocking one, obviously this week was William Regal. I mean, that one came out of left field. I was truly, truly shocked to hear that release. And then followed shortly by Samoa Joe released yeah. for the second time in 12 months. Um <laughs> Which is just, I, I mean, I, it, I, I can relate to that one. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy. It's just, it's just absolutely insane. And I, and I, I'm starting to wonder what it is that's going on behind the scenes. And I think it ties back to, and we've had this conversation before, what, as far as the Bray Wyatt release, you know, you look at a guy who's a huge mer merchandise seller, a huge revenue generator for the company. And now all of a sudden he's really, well, why, you know, like outside of any of the internal optics that maybe we don't know, like it's, it's a lot of these decisions don't really line up to anything other than, well, maybe they're just, you know, slimming up the books a little bit to eventually sell. And I, I don't know. I mean, do you, do you think that could be something that is really on the horizon or do you think it's just more hot air from people like me who are on Twitter? Well, when it comes to the Bray thing, I had heard that he might have asked for his release or just mm. to have time away because he was still wasn't over the death of Brody Lee, and uh, that re Brody was really they were tight, they right? Were really tight, right? And uh, you know he wrote the post, "Hey man, we're supposed to grow old together and sit on our porch and you know talk about you know you know talk about our good old days," and then Brody passed away. I think that really had to. Had an impact. No, I'm trying not to say a word where oh, he said impact, but it really had an impact on him. Uh, that's the thing I hate. I have to watch what I say because you know, then people make jokes. But right, right. I'm trying to have a serious moment here. Uh, no, it really impacted him, and it, and I think it further proves that point that the fact that he hasn't shown up anywhere. Right. You know, that's another. I thing. think he just wants. You know, Bray's not hurt for money, so. You know, he's probably made more just on one T-shirt than most people make in a year. Yeah. But, 
you know, sometimes you need that, that mental reset. You need to reboot mentally. Uh, you know, that's what, you know, you know, I always heard JR, yeah, just go away, uh, have a mental reset and, you know, recharge your batteries, come back. And, uh, yeah, I think that's, in that, in that case, was a shocking yes, but I think that might have been Bray one time away. With Regal, <clears throat> at first I was shocked, but then, you know, you think, you know, um, you know he, guy's been there for 21 years. And uh, you know he he had he, he he had a statement last night, and you know he's all a thousand percent class as always. But you know he's like, look, they saved my life, and uh, which they did. I was in Memphis. Uh, WWE sent me to Memphis to reinvent myself, and uh, Jim Neidhart was down there coaching us. You know, just working out with us, and then all of a sudden, you know, William Regal shows up. We're like, oh shit, cool. So it's like me, it's me, our truth. Um, what's his name? Uh, Reckless Youth was there. A few others. Regal comes down, and uh, you know he's earning his trust back with the company. You know he's trying to rebuild his credit with the company through going through Memphis. He drove. He drove from Atlanta to Memphis. Stayed there. Uh, stayed with us. He stayed, crashed with me a couple times or, you know, something. Just to, you know, ingratiate, or is that a word, ingratiate himself back into the company. And uh, he's been there ever since. You know, he, uh, you know, worked on camera. He was king of the ring. He, you know, was commissioner, uh, multi-time tag team champion with Tajiri and then Lance Storm. He's done, He's had a career. And then, you know, they had him, you know, looking for talent. You know, he's been there 21 years. <laughs> you know, I, I on Twitter, I said, yeah, I'm shocked. But then I, I realized, well, they, they let Briscoe go. So how shocked can I really be? Because right. in, in a roundabout way, you know, Jerry, the, the release of Jerry Briscoe is the one that really got me. Because Jerry Briscoe is, in a roundabout way, the reason why WWF was able to afford... WrestleMania one uh, through, you know, the whole Jack and, Je you know, a little history lesson here for those who don't know. Uh, Jerry Briscoe and his brother Jack owned stake in Georgia Championship Wrestling. And then they were trying to just sell their share. Well, Vince McMahon comes along and buys the shares from Jack and Jerry Briscoe, which leads to Black Saturday, which was when one night... Folks went tuned into Georgia Championship Wrestling to see their favorite Georgia Championship Wrestling. And here's Vince McMahon. And they're showing WWE stuff. So, uh, you know, the cliff notes of that is, you know, Turner and Vince couldn't agree on the quality of what they're putting on the program. So Vince, in turn, sells his shares to Georgia Championship Wrestling to Jim Crockett supposedly for a million dollars, which Vince flipped that million dollars and put it into WrestleMania 1. But Vince couldn't have done that if Jerry and Jack Briscoe hadn't sold their shares of Georgia Championship Wrestling to Vince wow. McMahon. So, and, you know, uh, you know, Jerry caught some shit for that. You know, death, death threats. Uh, they're, you know, talking about having people shoot, try to shoot on the ring, which... 
I don't see how anybody's going to shoot on Jerry. Jerry Briscoe is going to be the one doing the shooting. But um, um, I feel like yeah. that would be the, so, like one of the dumbest things you could possibly do in the ring is try to try to shoot on Gerald Briscoe in the middle of the ring. Like that's or now he'll right. still stretch you. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like fucking kick your ass. Like why would you even do something so stupid? But we we, we were coaching Riddle at the factory, and we brought in uh, Briscoe for a seminar. And this is on the Monster Factory YouTube. Fucking Briscoe goes up on Riddle and they fight, he tries to take Riddle down and they, they rolled around for a little bit. It was pretty cool to watch. <laughs> he could still go. Jerry Briscoe could still go. But um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, I mean, he caught a lot of shit for selling his shares in Georgia Championship Wrestling. So Vince brought them in, you know, had him wrestle. And then uh, Jack... The infamous story, you know, Jerry told me, and he just recently said this on another interview where they they flew into Newark. They're supposed to drive to Philly. Jack Briscoe saw the snow and said, see that plane up there? I'm going to be on the next one going out and just quit the business right there. Wow. But from that point on, Jerry's been an employee, What had been an employee of WWE behind the scenes. Local promoter in Florida, this, that, and the other thing. He became a scout, you know, he came to the Monster Factory a few times, scouted some of our guys, signed some of our guys. So if they're going to let Jerry Briscoe go, that's the, that should be the battle. That should be the uh, bat signal that er- everybody's on the table. Yeah. You know, nobody's safe. To, uh, really, yeah, yeah, nobody's safe. Um, you know, I read that they had let Kathy Carino go and, uh, you know, they had her move across country, you know, uproot move across country and she got fired on her, you know, her, you know, her, her, son, her child's first day at school. It's like, oh, man, it sucks. But, you know, Angel from uh, Impact, she team, uh, the girl who, who teams with uh, Velvet Sky and Beautiful People, her, her real name, her real name's Angel. Um, Can't think of it off the top of my head. Somebody in the room will help us. Yeah, Pod Squad. If you could find out that uh, that that information for us, let us know and drop it in the comments here. I feel I feel like an idiot. Uh, she's awesome. Her real name's Angel. Beautiful people. Teams with Velvet Sky. Well, she had just moved. You know, Nova said one of the hardest things he had to do was call her and let her know that the company wanted her released. You know, she had just moved, and Nova called her up and said, "Hey." Um, I I had to tell you this, but we, we have to let you go. And she thought it was a rib. So Nova's a ribber, you know. She's like, "Nah, my family just left. We just we're just getting unpacked." Well, you know, it's it's a cruel business. Are you talking about Angelina Love? Yes, Angelina yes. Love. That's yeah. Thank is, you, yeah. thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, uh, little Jimmy from the yes. Thank you, Jimmy. Level. Hashtag uh, but yeah. Level. The, it's the wrestling business, emphasis on business, and things happen and things suck. Yeah. Uh, dude, I went to, they sent, like I said, they sent me to Memphis to reinvent myself. You know, I had my conspiracy theories. You know, the first time they released me, you know, there was the Save the Media campaign by the uh, Strictly ECW guys, which got me back in the company. So I figured <laughs> my conspiracy theory is they sent me to Memphis out of sight, out of mind. So... When they release right. me, it'll be a little bit more quieter. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, I went down there, and uh, in the course of me being in Memphis, 
I, I moved to Memphis, rented an apartment. So I got uh, a rent in Memphis. I got a rent in Philly. I got oh, electric man. bill. I got utilities in Memphis. I got utilities. Of, uh, I'm paying double bills. And, uh, you know, I was a good, you know, good uh, soldier. And then, uh, you know, I found out my grandmother was sick. She had pancreatic cancer. I said, hey, can I just go back for a couple of weeks? You know, spend my last few weeks with her, you know, before she, you know, I mean, pancreatic cancer, you know, you're fucked pretty yeah. much. Yeah, You know, let me spend some time with her. And I come out of the, you know, ICU one day, my phone's, I turn on my phone, this was back in the day with flip phones. Oh, I got a message, got to call the office and they let me go. <laughs> you know? And so it's, it's, it's sad. It's, it's, it's cruel. It seems cruel, but. I'll tell people this all the time. It's it's not an ending. It's, it's your career's your career's not over. You know, uh, it, 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 adversity is only as hard as how you react to it. You know, I've been through some adverse times, and what you do is take a step back, reassess, recalculate, and move forward. You know, um, it's all you can do. Yep. So if you sit around yeah, they released, and stew on they released them, me. You know, yeah, they released they released me, and then uh, you know, I I went and found a, a stall and shed some man tears, and you know, for whatever reason, they kept sent, giving me tickets. I kept showing up. <laughs> They're like, I thought you were released. They keep giving me tickets. I keep, and then uh, you know, they brought me back, and when they brought me back, I tried to do everything to, you know fit in. I lost 160 pounds. All this, that, and other thing. It still released me. So, you know, what you do with that is you, you figure out how, what to do in the, in, in the meantime, recalculate, reformulate. And that's why all these, you know, the folks being released, they'll be fine. I mean, if they, WWE thought was, they were talented enough to sign in the first place, you know, then, uh, you know, they'll be, you know, find, you know, finding some place else to work, you know, whether it's Impact, hopefully Ring of Honor in April. We'll see. Yeah. Fingers, Fingers crossed, crossed man. Even though. Fingers crossed. But I think it, know, too, it, it speaks, too, to, to Mickey James and her, you know. Yes, back to Mickey, her, yes. Yeah, tying it back. Do you see how we do that, Pod Squad? Me and I tied it back together. Woo, brought to you by Manscaped. Uh, but really, I mean, it speaks to her as well because it's like, she got released very, from what it appears, you know, like we mentioned unceremoniously with the trash bag and, you know, yeah. it, it, it not a good look. No, uh, and then she goes to NWA and she goes to Impact and now she's Impact Knockouts champion. I mean, and hard to kill. I mean, so a little inside baseball for you, friends. We're recording this today. It's it's January 8th in the year of our Lord, 2022. Uh, tonight is uh, Hard to Kill, which is Impact's pay-per-view. And she's defending the Knockouts Championship um, against uh, Deanna Perazzo. If she wins, if Mickey James wins the match tonight, she's going to show up at, at the Royal Rumble. Like they're already planting the, ski, the seeds, right? Like Scott Diamore and Impact, everybody's already saying like, if she wins, she's bringing that belt. <laughs> yeah. She's going to come out to the, to the fucking Royal Rumble with another promotion's belt around her waist, which is That'd be like- awesome. It's so cool. Like for me as a, as a, as a wrestling fan, like I remember when the ECW crossover stuff happened and how cool that was to see all of you guys on the WWE yeah. programming with the, the NBA acknowledged as ECW champions. And, you know, like having that 
acknowledgement on TV. It's huge. I mean, it's a, it's a huge thing. And I think, I, I wonder, again, you talk about your conspiracy theories. This is how, this is my thoughts on this. It's, yeah. It reminds me a lot of, with the impact kind of crossover, I wonder if Vince is doing something a la the ECW crossover that he did during the Monday Night Wars, you know, uh, basically propping up in some ways impact in order to sort of cut down on, on AEW's territory. Do you think this is a similar situation or do you think it's, or do you think it's just Vince knowing a good thing when he sees it? Like, yeah, we should bring her back. I think it's a great idea. You know, like, hey, Chris Jericho and Broken Skull. Yeah, let's do it. Why not? You know? Yeah. Yeah, well, in Vince's mind, they're not competition because he's sports entertainment and they're pro wrestling. Right, right. So, but but in a way, you know, uh, you know, Vince, one of Vince's biggest regrets, and he said this, I don't think he said it publicly, but I know people who've heard him say it privately. One of his biggest regrets was buying WCW. Yeah. And just, just, let, just not let, some, you know, and not letting somebody else just scoop him up but he wanted the tape library. He bought. He basically bought him for the, the tape library. Yeah, which is which is a smart move. Now we have all these great documentaries on the network and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, Vince uh, is not above you know building somebody. He built ECW up. You know, he allowed us to come on there, promote our product. He allowed our wrestlers to come on there with our belts and you know promote. You know, so he, you know he figures if it's you know. You know, uh, you know the, the high tide rate raises all boats. You know, right. the tide raises all ships. So, if he can, if he can give you know impact a little bit of a nudge to where people watch them, then it's just it helps create it creates somewhat of a competition. Other wrestlers can make a living, and he can <laughs> he can look at you know impact as a unofficial territory or developmental where he can just I'll send you over to impact you get experience on their diamond I'll just bring you back right and it cost me and it cost me nothing to do dude it's super easy right like it's literally, right? I mean it's it's uh, it's the same thing it's just it, there's so many flashbacks I'm having right now to like the late 90s with yeah. the same thing it's like it's very possible yeah. that Vince is playing chess and saying yeah we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that what do you pod squad put it in the comments and I'll I'll start reading this. What do you think? Or does anybody else feel the same way I do where you feel like this is this is going to be, you know, another sort of, not ECW, well, it wouldn't even be ECW 2.0 because that already happened, but an ECW 3.0 in some respects. But I'm curious, Meanie, what are your thoughts? Because I know we talked about this before and I know we have this conversation a lot, man, but here's a question that I'm going to just throw at you. Entrant number 30 in the Royal Rumble, Kenny Omega's music hits. Do you think it's going to happen? I think and, and he year. signed Not, and he signed as as an ECW performer or a, a, a AEW performer. I mean, listen to me. Well, 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 not right now because he he's out with due to injury. Because mm. um, he he's right. saying you know, he said he needs to get fixed, which understandable with the yeah. how hard he works. Yeah. Um, but why not? You know, uh, ha have somebody. You know? Yeah. Blow that fucking shit, door open, man. Holy shit. Could you imagine? I can see Christian coming back again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just, you know, just to create buzz, create, this is the thing with WWE. People go, oh, then there's no storylines or this, that, and the other thing. As long as people are talking about WWE positively or negatively, 
all these people who are tweeting, oh, this sucks. WWE loves that. Yeah. Because you're talking about them. Yeah. Even if it's bad and you're typing WWE and typing SmackDown, that creates a trend on Twitter, which is odd that they, you know, they're big on that. They're, they're, they're big on, you know, creating buzz. So if they could bring in somebody just for a night and create some buzz, uh, create a moment, I, I, I wouldn't put past Vince to say, sure. Now, bring yeah, back, why not? I, bringing back someone. I'll be the bigger man. Bringing back someone for a night. Hmm. Who do we know on this podcast that, hmm, let me stroke my beard a little bit longer, Manny. Hmm. Sorensen's going in the, in the right direction here. Number 30, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to announce, I'm going to decree it here, folks. Decree it here. We're going to will it into existence. So Jerry Briscoe, <laughs> go ahead and call your friend up there in, in New York. And tell him that Meanie wants in the Rumble. He wants to body slam Johnny Knoxville over that top rope. Oh, my God. Can I tell you and how? I, are- I know people are conflicted on this, man. And I'm going to just put it out there right now because I'm, you know, I guess maybe I'm a little bit biased. But I right. love the fact that Johnny Knoxville is in the <laughs> Rumble, dude. I love it. I know a lot of people don't, but I think it's fucking Why, why do people get mad at WWE for doing this thing that they always fucking do? And then when they do it, people act like they never did it. Oh my God, I can't believe Knoxville's in the Rumble. And, and I love the people that are like, oh, Knoxville's not relevant anymore. Uh, let me tell you something, friends. As someone who watched this shit in the background in 2010 while they filmed Jackass 3D, okay? They have had three, three, count them, three number one movies in the country. Everything right. Jackass related is fucking gold. I don't care if you think it's stupid. I don't care if you think he's watched up. Johnny Knoxville is an A-list celebrity, and anything yeah. that guy does is going to be fucking gold. And do you know what? Meanie just said it too. Do you know what they're doing by bringing Johnny Knoxville into the Royal Rumble? They're getting eyeballs on their screen. They're getting people right. to tune in who may not have tuned in before because they want to see Johnny Knoxville get his ass kicked. That's why they did this. Yeah, this is why I used to do when I ran indie shows, when I ran 3PW. You bring in a name talent to get the eyeballs on your underneath talent so your underneath talent becomes stars. In the eyes of casual viewers, so they're bringing a notch. They're, you know, business might be a little bit down. So bring in Johnny Knoxville, bring in some casual viewers who might fall in love with Roman Reigns or Dolph Ziggler, right? And you know, make make some new fans that might not have been fans if they had if Johnny Knoxville hadn't lured them in with the bait. I mean. Knoxville, like I said, I mean, it, Knoxville's a great guy too. We've, we've, I, I only met him once, drank beers together in Westchester. Um, really great time, really great guy. He kept punching Danger Aaron in the balls, which is hilarious. But yeah, I mean, it's, a, I think for me, like, you know, Jackass Forever is going to be a number one movie. I guarantee it yeah. right now. Absolutely yep. going to be a number one movie, top tier. That's just what these guys do. Um, I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be funny as hell. And I think they're going to, they're going to pull it off in exactly the way I would imagine. Uh, little, little Jimmy wants to know though, if you yeah. were younger, meaning while the Jackass movies came out, which you probably would have been in the same age range for that though. Um, would you have wanted to do something with the Jackass guys? I was almost on Viva La Bam. Really? There was, uh, oh my God, who, I had a guy in Florida. It's weird. I knew a guy in Florida who booked wrestlers and the crew were looking for wrestlers to come in to do something. I was like, dude, I, I'm 45 minutes from them. Right. But they 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 booked some other wrestlers. They f- paid extra money to fly these other wrestlers in to do something. And it was on Viva La Bam or something like that. 
and I saw somebody going through a table or something or whatever. But I, I was, you know, somebody approached me, hey, I might have this spot for you on Viva La Bam. They were in the Westchester. I was like, yeah, it's 45 minutes from me. That's yeah, right. I could, could drive, drive there. there. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, I've, dude, I've been around BAM. You know, um, was it Thanksgiving 2004? We were both at House of Blues in Hollywood for Cradle of Filth. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, um, yeah. we Cradle of Filth. And there's like this like little VIP area out back, like a little patio. And uh, Bam just walks out. I go, I go. What's up, Philly? He goes, Oh, where are you from? I said my street. I ain't gonna say the street because I'm right. still there now. Right. But he's like, Oh, I know so and so. He lives at blank and blank. I was like, Oh, that's eight blocks from me. He's like, Oh yeah, we did the movie Haggard together or something like that. As the name, and Joe we just, it's, it's probably Joe Franz. <laughs> I can guarantee that's who it is. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> and we bullshit for a little bit, and then I caught up with him again. Uh couple years later at backstage of slayer uh you know it, we i went to slayer in uh camden yeah and i'm buddy, i'm buddies with uh carrie and uh i'm sitting in carrie's dressing room eating his sun chips and then here comes fucking bam just hey hey you know just a <laughs> couple familiar faces you know you know yeah i'm sure he's like me good with faces bad with names yeah you know it's uh it, Bam knows just about everybody. It's it's weird, like, it's when you talk about Viva La Bam, everybody's always like, oh, is that really what it's like? And they're like, it's like, no, guys, this is a TV show. Like, this is stuff that MTV and these writers come up with and they bullshit. And like, once yeah. you see how the sausage is made in a lot of ways, I'm sure it's like the wrestling industry. It's just like, you know, you can't watch it anymore. You're like, ah, I don't know about this, but. Oh, I've been, on, um, I've, been on, I've been on plenty of car rides. Like, I remember me and Francine were driving from Philly up to like a loop at Free CLB and we're just joking around. I was like, man, if the fans saw us right now, they'd be fucking really disappointed at some of the shit we're laughing. Honestly, Not that it was anything yeah. horrible, but we're just geeks. We're, you know, we're yeah. nerds, you know? And that's the thing about those guys too. Like everybody always talks about like, you know, Ryan Dunn was just, I didn't know Dunn the way that like the rest of them did, but like yeah. Dunn was like a celebrity in Westchester, man. He was the coolest guy. Yeah. And like, I, I don't yeah. know if I've told this story before, but I, and I'm not sure if anybody on the pod squad knows, but I was involved in the CKY group for a while. Like I was, I was, I'm friends with a lot of the guys, still am. And I uh, spent a lot of time at Bam's house. And I, I met Ryan Dunn, I think it was like 2007. And I met him yeah. at the Note, which was Bam's bar in Westchester at the time. And we're talking, we're hanging out. And he, I, was a, I was a volunteer firefighter at the time. So he's asking me a bunch of questions about that. Do, do you mean Bam's bar as he owned it or was it his McCuskers? Uh, no, no, no. It was his. It was actually his bar that he owned. So the okay. note was like okay. this. It was like this really cool idea that they had in Westchester, and the borough like wouldn't let him do anything. It was a whole thing. It's just such a, it's such a disaster in Westchester, right? Would it, it had right, the potential right. to be like super cool, right? So anyway, we're there and we're having, some, we're drinking some beer, we're taking some shots, and I take a photo with him, and I'm like, hey man, like you know, probably like maybe 20 minutes, right? Hey man, really nice to see you, blah blah blah, whatever. I am at Bam's house. They're recording an episode of Radio Bam. And Dunn is there. It's all a whole bunch of us, you know, Chad Ginsburg from CKY and Jess, his brother, and everybody's just hanging yeah. out. I'm out front. I'm in the kitchen area grabbing a, uh, he had a whole thing of crunk juice, which is another story for another day, um, <laughs> which was Little John's energy drink. Do you remember that shit? Do you ever drink crunk juice before? I never drank it, but I know all of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell, it, well, it's a funny, so I'll tell, it's a side note. Bam mentioned it on his MTV Cribs and he was like, oh, Little John's, oh, Little John's drink is great. Crunk juice, right? He said, two weeks later, like an 18-wheeler showed up at his house with pallets 
of crunk juice with a thank you, handwritten thank you note from little John. Man, he's like, hey, my sales <laughs> just went up like crazy. He's like, here's all of this. He had it for like this crunk juice stuff he must've had in his house that he just gave it away for probably like six or seven years. It was crazy, right? So anyway, I'm out, I'm out in the kitchen and I'm grabbing this stuff and he's t- <laughs> here comes Dunn walking over and I was like, hey, Ryan, what's going on? He's like, hey, Adam, the firefighter. How you doing, man? Good to see you. And I was just like, holy shit, like this guy remembered who I was, you know, and just a really, really amazing guy. Um, But yeah, I mean, Bam's like- (laughs) You weren't really a firefighter. You just popped out a cake at his birthday party. I did, yes. I I had a sash (laughs) that covered my nipples really nicely. Um, (laughs) I wasn't as hairy as I wanted to be, but you know, I can thanks. Well, wait, we'll go into the ad in a minute. No, Um, but no, it's like, it's, it's, uh, you know, like Bam is, Bam was, uh, it was a very interesting time in my life. Uh, being a part of that group. But um, someone else that I didn't know who hung out with them, here's a little inside baseball for you too, friends. Baron Corbin is friends with a lot of those guys. And I'll tell you why. Next time you look at Baron Corbin's arm, I want you to look at at the inside of his bicep, like probably right around here. It's weird. Seriously, I was looking at his bicep last night. I'm not even being funny. I couldn't make out what it said. You know what? I'll show you. Give me one second, I'll show you exactly what's on his bicep. And this is how I knew he was a part of the group. So, oh, I can see him in the mirror. What's he doing there? A little inside baseball. I can see the rest of his room in this mirror. Oh, here he comes back. There I am. All right. So in Westchester, there was a group called Elsewhere that was a clothing designer. And they made hats and shirts that had this logo on it. So the next time you look at Baron Corbin's arm, so he's got this for, for, logo. For, for, for those listening at home, it's the oh, yeah. PA logo, but then like the LA Dodgers logo. Right, and I'll put a picture up on our, Insta- or in our Instagram and in our Twitter and I'll show you, but it's basically a design. It says PA, but it's like LA. And I was in Philadelphia. We were sitting in the front row with my son and Baron Corbin you know, puts his arms out and I stopped and I like pointed. Like I, did, like I just like went in my head. I was like, elsewhere. And he's just staring at me, right? <laughs> like- he knew all them guys. So we had probably crossed paths at some point as well. But dude, I would have been oh, sure. that would have been super cool to see you on on MTV back then at Viva La Bam. That would have been a wild crossover. Nah, dude, I like those guys. Uh you know, I'm always proud for when local guys do good. Yeah. Uh, the CKY guys, the uh Bloodhound Gang guys. Yep. Here's something. Steve Carino went to high went to high school with Jimmy Pop from the Bloodhound Gang. Oh no shit. Because yeah, we, we uh, who else is from the area? Oh man, uh, Bloodhound Gang, Wolfpack, uh, CKY. Yeah. yeah. So I'm all you know. Philly's always you know proud of their own. Well, but I tell you, make it. They 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 fight amongst each other. Yeah. But then when somebody from the scene makes it big, everybody latches onto them because they go, oh, that could be me next, you know? <laughs> I mean, the biggest the big, biggest examples, obviously, are like Will Smith and Kevin Hart, but like, you know, CKY, like, yeah. those guys are yeah. huge forever. The, root, the Roots. The Roots crew. Yeah, dude, I, man, they were, they were all, they've always been an amazing conglomerate yeah. of musicians together. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, look, I mean, as far as like back to wrestling talk and, and, and our little like yeah, side yeah, track yeah, we, down, down the mind of Adam, apparently. Um, we're going to get another bad review. I'm sorry. I'm trying not to, I'm trying not to get us any bad reviews, but we're going to get one. <laughs> oh, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Nobody cares. But that's what I like about this show. We, you know, we can, uh, we could take a little side routes <laughs> and come back, you know. Stick it's to like foundation fa- radio, dork. Yeah. That's yeah if I can, if I, if I can uh, steal a line from Eddie Van Halen, he uh, described his guitar solos as falling down a flight of steps, but landing on your feet at the end. 
Yeah. yeah. Actually, that's pretty impressive, man. That's <laughs> yeah. I, li- that's I like a- the like the little side conversations because then we can always tie it back. And you know what? Speaking of landing on your feet, Meanie. Yes. Cheers to 2022. And resolutions can be hard to keep. How about having clean and shiny balls all year round thanks to Manscaped? They are here to save your balls this year and make the ball drop into 2022 the cleanest and sexiest ever. Set your first New Year's resolution with good intentions and stick that landing at the bottom of the stairs and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With our exclusive offer, go to manscaped.com and use promo code MEANIE20 for 20% off with free shipping. MEANIE, it's the new year, it's the new us with the global leaders in the below-the-waist grooming. Take it to the next level with Performance Package 4.0 and their brand-new ultra-premium body wash. I'll tell you, man, little John on the East Side boys were looking like a button in a fur coat, as Ryan Dunn <laughs> used to say. And now we're using that, uh, using that weed whacker and the Performance Package the lawnmower 4.0 with the electric trimmer that's designed to trim hair on loose skin with their advanced skin safe technology. It reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate nuts. And I got to tell you, these side boys are a little delicate, Manny. And I'm looking good <laughs> this year. I'm looking real good this year. How about you? Everything's uh, How's everything hanging down there in uh, in Whoville? Everything's uh, prim and proper uh, in Manny land. Uh, you know, thanks to uh, Manscaped. But, uh, you know, they, not only do they do below the waist, I'm a big fan of their above-the-neck products, whether it's the uh, the body wash or the shampoo or the ear and nose trimmer, yeah. you know. Or, you know, like I said, I was cursed with bad feet. So, like, uh, after a nice hot shower, I got their uh, their foot spray. Lay down, lay, you know, spray this foot spray on and just lay down and relax. So they... Yeah, Manscaped's known for uh, you know a lot of the below the waist stuff, but you know they they they're their full you know body package. You know, yeah. They sent me they sent me the body wash. They sent me the shampoo. They sent me the thing. And these are things I use every day, and uh, you know I feel good. I smell good. I look good because of Manscaped. And what's nice too about it, if you're a guy like me who gets up early in the morning for work and wants to make sure he's feeling fresh and looking fresh for his wife when he gets home, they have a 4,000K LED spotlight that will shine a light to the promised land that 2022 looks to be. So if you shower in the dark like I do at 5 a.m., you can use that very well. Uh, The new product set uh, needs no introduction. The Ultra Premium Body Wash from Manscaped solves all three of your issues the perfect addition to your daily grooming routine. Don't forget right now, kick, kick discomfort and pour hygiene to the curb this year and use the best tools for the job. Whether it's resolution, whether your resolution is to work out or to travel to new places, be sure to travel to manscaped.com right now for our exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping, Blue Meanie, with the promo code MEANIE20. That's manscaped.com, 20% off with free shipping, with the promo code MEANIE20. Cheers to new balls in 2022. And MEANIE, cheers to the forbidden door that is opening right now in WWE with (laughs) Mickey James. Hate to transition from my nuts to something awesome like the Impact Knockouts champion being there. But the other cool thing that's coming, speaking of something that is nuts, though, is Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar finally getting to tangle yeah. That shit's going to be fucking incredible. What are your thoughts, Meanie? Let's talk before we get to ask Meanie. How are you feeling about this match? It's, it's, you know, there's a lot of people complaining that they shouldn't have touched in the, uh, oh, in the at the day one pay-per-view, but they didn't 
touch in, you know, they didn't do too much that would give away the attraction of what they're about to do at the Royal Rumble. And uh, I know uh, Brock Lesnar's a uh, a hot button, hot button issue within the, the, the world of professional wrestling, but he's a fucking attraction. And there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He's very intelligent. He's very smart. And, uh, I mean, he's, he's, he's their version of like an Andre the Giant, you know? There's Andre the Giant, you know, um, was an attraction. You know, if you kept him around long enough, he loses his appeal. But, you know, Brock comes in, he goes away. He comes in, he goes away. And it's just the way to keep him fresh. But now you got Bobby Lashley, who just as equally a badass in real life between amateur wrestling, MMA, you know, just this is the perfect dream match. This could be a WrestleMania match, but they're giving it to us at the Rumble. And uh, yeah. to me, yeah. you know, to me, it's Mania and Rumble. Those are my two favorites. And then it's SummerSlam. And then uh, Survivor Series kind of lost its way. It's kind of like the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the forgotten pay-per-view. But the, of the original four, the WWE original four, you know, for me, it's Mania, Rumble, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. So they're giving you a Mania match on the Rumble, which leads to me to believe that there'll be something to, that'll have... Uh, consequences in this match that hopefully will lead to WrestleMania. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I do really feel like they could pull it back a little bit with, uh, you know, with the Survivor Series. I really miss the old school way they used to do things. I'm not necessarily sure I'm big on this, you know, brand versus brand thing. And that's just my personal preference. Like I'm not shitting right. on anything, but I just, I don't know if it's, if it's my cup of tea. Um, but yeah, I do feel like it's sort of the redheaded stepchild of of the big four, you know, not as yeah. uh, not as prestigious as it used to be. But yeah, I mean, this is a this is a in in any circumstance, belt or no belt, this is a huge opportunity and a huge match for WWE to be putting on, and especially at the Royal Rumble. I mean, it's just hopefully, like you said, I hope it does have the the implications that were that are potentially going to be there. Um, a lot of talk about the belt. Combine, you know, combining the belts, you know, uh, between the Universal and the and the Heavyweight Championship. If if Roman Reigns and Brock meet with the titles at WrestleMania, I don't necessarily even know if that's for sure. You know, I don't know if right. I necessarily want to see that. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of craziness. Um, it's going to be a lot of a lot of smashing. Um, and I, I, you know, I thought it was great that Bobby Lashley tackled him on the outside. I thought that was really well done. I thought the spot was fantastic, and Lesnar sold that shit. Like Lesnar, that's where I say that's where I say that's where I say Brock is fucking smart, man. Yeah. He knows he, he he doesn't sell for everybody, he, but he knows who to sell for and how to sell to build somebody else up. You know, I mean, I know WWE dropped the ball on Keith Lee, right? Yeah, but when Keith Lee came in that Rumble, what did Brock do? Sold. He sold. He told the world before Keith Lee even got to the ring steps, that this guy was a bad motherfucker. Yeah. And, you know, Brock's smart like that. He he, he knows how to build talent and make him look, sm you know, stronger. You know, same with Bobby Light. You know, fuck, he lost to Goldberg in, what, three minutes? Yeah. 
because yep. he knows it's it's business. It's good business to do that. You know, now the fans might hate that Goldberg's there, but that's not the point. You know, Brock yeah. knows that he had to something to do, and it led to you know whatever. But yeah, this match is going to be fantastic. Uh, Bobby yeah. Lashley, but you know, they're both these guys are the real fucking deal. Yeah, you know, to where. You know, nobody's going to get cute with each other in the ring. They're going to do business the right way and give the fans something to uh, you know to be excited about. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that match. I, uh, I that's probably I think maybe a little bit more than the Rumble. I know that sounds weird because the Rumble to me is like my favorite gimmick match of all time, and it's my favorite yeah. like, yearly event yeah. to watch. Um, but you know, to go back what you said about Christian, I could absolutely see them, you know, doing a take two on that because there was nobody at the, you know, there wasn't anybody there this past year and imagine how much more impact it would have. Here we go. Using impact again. Um, yeah, <laughs> that might be the title of the show. Can we, how many times can we say impact? Um, I think, uh, I think it could have a huge impact. Uh, I would land harder, not just because Christian is back again, but now he's a contracted AEW performer who also held the Impact Championship earlier this year. I mean, that's yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, man. But what's not crazy, Meanie? Ask me something. That's not crazy. Don't forget to send your <laughs> messages and your use the hashtag at mean ask Meanie, not at Meanie. Ask Meanie. <laughs> Jesus, I'm fucking up all over the place, man. I tried ask to record Meanie. a new one, but it didn't come out as well. Well, oh, a new fart. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. The kids can't handle it. They play with the board sometimes. Like they'll come up and they'll hit buttons on the board and they'll hear your fart noises and they just start like, they just start pissing themselves. They think it's the funniest thing in the entire world. Daniel, our, uh, our, our illustrious uh, end show, end of show announcer. He loves yes. the ask, ask Meanie anything music and he has a whole dance for it and everything. So maybe I'll record it for you. Put it on, uh, put it on Patreon. But here we are. Any final thoughts before we get into Ask Meanie, though, about, about the Rumble and Forbidden Doors and Christian? Any thoughts on that? No, yeah, just, uh, you know, a lot of the uh, releases were shocking. And, uh, you know, I mean, well, it was shocking when, it, you know, the first round happened, you know, right as the pandemic was breaking. Yeah. But at this point, you know, that shocked that they're releasing people is just... Pure theatrics at this point because, you know, what's there to be shocked about anymore? Like I said, I was shocked about, you know, the one that really got me was Briscoe. Yeah. And Regal shocked me as well. But, uh, you know, wherever Briscoe, I mean, wherever Regal goes next, he'll be an asset, you know. You know, who, you know if I'm Tony Khan, I'm signing Regal right up now and have him go to the, you know, QT Marshall school and having him coach, you know, the guys down there. And, you know, with all this talent that's being released from WWE and signed to AEW, AEW's got a decision to make, you know, with whether who, you know, who are they going to keep? They can't be Noah's Ark down there and, and keep break, bring every wayward fucking talent that's being released. So, yeah. Well, well it's, well, it's going to be an interesting time. That's again, that's the thing is, is they can't, they, they don't have, again, we go back to the infrastructure thing, guys. They can't keep bringing everyone in. They can't save everybody. But uh, little Jimmy actually asked a question of whether or not he wanted to know if you thought that maybe AEW would bring on William Regal in that role. And I think, I think they would be really smart to do that. Yes. 
Yes. Especially uh, looking for talent. And, uh, you know, he's, you know, Regal's got really good connections with Japan and stuff like that, you know, just, or just behind the scenes or, you know, just have him in the ring before the show, you know, training guys, you know, uh, when, I, when I went to the, when I was on the AEW show in Philly, you know, Alistair Black had guys in the ring before the show and they're doing some coaching stuff and bring, bring in Regal. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, he's forgotten more holds than most people learn. So let's, uh, let's, I think little Jimmy's got another question here. Sure. Let me go back to it and find it real fast. How do you feel about little Jimmy from Nebraska asked, how do you feel about the Philadelphia Eagles clinching or almost on the grasp of a playoff spot? Oh, no, they got a playoff spot. They're in the playoffs. Um, the uh, little inside baseball is, is Saturday afternoon, one and seventeen. Uh, the Eagles play their final game of the season tonight against the Dallas fucking Cowboys. And uh, the Dallas big thing sucks. is, our, yes, fuck Dallas. Uh, I'm sure. Here's the biggest fucking kicker. I don't really hate Dallas Cowboys fans that are from Dallas. It's the fucking Philly and South Jersey Cowboys fans that are just the worst. Yeah. Traitors. Yeah. Traitors, yeah. dude. Traitors. Take that shit somewhere well, else. Don't you have any fucking civic pride? Have you, you no know? decency, sir? Have you yeah. no decency? When they shit on Philadelphia Eagle, Eagles fans, they're shitting on people from Philadelphia. Hence, you're from Philadelphia. Yet, you choose not to root for your hometown team. So Scumbag shit. Yeah. <laughs> Scumbag shit, Meanie. That's what that is. Scumbag shit. Fucking crumb bum motherfucker. That's what I was just going to say. Crumb. You literally took the words right out of my mouth. Crumb That's the name bum. of the episode. Crumb, crumb bum bums. mother. Squiggly line, squiggly line. Write and in that parentheses, down. impact. That's funny. <laughs> well, no, I don't want them to think I'm calling impact a bunch oh, of Oh, no, bums. God, no. I No, come on. I'm just teasing. No, that, that isn't what I meant. I just meant because- Dude, if you're from Philly, times. if you're from Philly- the last thing you want to be called is a fucking crumb. Crumb bum. Dude, Not a you're chance. a fucking crumb. Why don't you go smoke crack in the dark, <laughs> you piece of shit? You know? Oh, my but, God. Um, yeah, the, 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 the biggest thing for tonight is uh, do the Eagles start their... Uh, and, well, of course, we this airs Monday, so we'll know by then. But right. do they uh, start their starters or do they rest their starters and hope so they don't get injured going into the playoffs? So... That's the big mystery surrounding tonight's name. But they're in the playoffs. Uh, we don't know who they're facing yet. Could be Tampa. Uh, Tampa, you know, with the great Tom Brady. But uh, Tampa's leaking a little bit of oil there. A lot of injuries. Uh, I think somebody just went on the COVID list. Uh, so, oh, and Antonio Brown had his fucking meltdown. Um, oh yeah, what was that about? I, I saw some stuff about that, but I, I that's a that's a very fluid situation where um, Antonio Brown was having issues with somebody on the sideline. Took off his shoulder pads, took off his jersey, and ran off and just left. You know, in the third quarter, they were getting at the time they were getting blown out by the Jets, but then they came back and beat them last second. And that's why I'm kind of like, man, if the Eagles play the Tampa at the right time. I mean, they almost lost to the fucking Jets. 
you know? Right. But, um, yeah, and then you see photos of Antonio Brown catching an Uber at the fucking stadium and stuff. It just He's come out. He said the coach wanted him to go in and play injured. He said he his ankle's fucked up. And, he said uh, that? Huh? The coach asked him to go in and play injured? Well, the, the, according... Oh, according to, to Antonio, yeah. according to Antonio Brown, and Antonio Brown said the coach said you're done and did the Undertaker throw slash thing, but there's no footage of it. Oh, I so this- it, it, like I said, it's a very fluent situation. Which I'm saying it now on a Saturday, we air on a Monday, and it could change by then. Yeah, holy shit! That's, Honest to God, that is some somebody brought stuff, up. Man. Somebody brought up a great point. Now that now that he's officially cut from Tampa, the Eagles should just hire him just to bring hey, bring your playbook. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Tell us you what know? you have, man. Sh- share yeah. your secrets, sir. Um Vanessa. Pay him wants- what it, pay him whatever he would have got for the the rest of the year and just, you know, give us the intel, sir. <laughs> Vanessa wants to know if we're gonna comment on the Elmo Rocco controversy, which has been uh, blowing up Twitter. Have you I don't even know what that is. <laughs> so there's a clip on uh, on Twitter that went viral again about Elmo, uh, the right. beloved Sesame Street character, losing his shit mm-hmm. about his, uh, Zoe's pet rock, Rocco. And he's screaming about this oatmeal raisin cookie about how Zoe wants to give the cookie to Rocco. And Elmo's like, Rocco, rocks can't eat cookies. Rocco's not even alive. I laughed until I thought I was going to pee my pants. And now like the internet has basically exploded. Like Sesame Street is in on it. The Rock is in on it. Like it's really, really, really funny if you haven't had a chance to go and explore that. I must have slept really good on those edibles last night because I have not, (laughs) I have not uh, been away. It will be the first thing I look at, you know, once we uh, stop recording. We'll uh, we'll come back. We'll loop back around to that, Vanessa, next week. We will uh, we will take yes. a look at hold that. Yes, us, hold us accountable on that one. I want to uh, see that. Travis wants to know, what was your favorite Super Bowl halftime show? I already know the answer. I don't even need to... I don't even think about this. Go ahead. Yours. Well, well I don't want to create friction, but uh, I'm going to say Prince. I was going to say the same thing. Yep. Prince was the greatest Super Bowl halftime show. Just... Not just for songs, but... The guy sang Purple Rain and it started fucking raining. Yeah. During during his performance. Uh yeah, Prince was definitely the best halftime performance. Uh for a lot of subtle reasons too. Um the Foo Fighters did a, a cover of Darling Nikki. You know, uh one of Prince's songs from uh the Purple Rain soundtrack. Yeah. So during his Super Bowl halftime show. Prince covered the Foo Fighters and did Best of You. Oh, wow. Which was amazing. Uh, so, yeah, that whole thing, like, you know, it started raining and people were like, man, is he going to play? And Prince did not care. He he was in all, in all his glory. That Yeah, that was the best halftime show ever. Yeah. I think it's- Ever. It, I think it's Prince and it's everybody else. I don't think you can ever, I don't think you'll ever be able to top that performance. I think you'll just come close to it. Yeah, um, so Springsteen think, was okay. He was okay. Yeah, I mean, Spring. I mean, I love Springsteen. He's he's fantastic. But like, you know, it's it was it was a part of the course. You know, it's a it's a Springsteen performance. Prince was next level. Amazing, like next level. Yeah, um, everybody's fighting for second place on that one. Schlichter has commented and said that um, Mankind versus The Rock was the best halftime show ever. So, 
Uh, I appreciate you bringing that back around, sir. Well done. Well done on the exchange, sir. Inside Um, baseball, I watched them film it. Oh, shit, really? I was in the room during the finish. Wow, that is fucking cool, man. Yeah, as they, uh, I didn't like the finish finish, you know, with the camera slowly coming down on Rock's face going, huh? You know, but uh, it was what it was. Yeah, it was was the empty arena match, right? Yeah, it was the it was the performance center before the performance center was a performance center era before yeah, the so. pandemic. Yeah, um, yeah, I think I, they might have filmed that in Arizona. I want to say mm. or something like that, and uh, they made up a fake catering room, which I partook in. You know, I had a couple of some of the I had some of the nachos or the chips or whatever. <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, that was cool. I, I dude, they, that was back in the day when you have the Instamatic cameras instead yeah. of. If I had a camera phone, I could have took took some really cool candid shots. Oh, that would have been cool, man. Last question for this week. It comes from our friend Ringside Rant. How is Al Snow doing in the green room or as we refer to it here, the blue room? I don't even want to know at this point. Um, Did we leave him water or anything? Well, in in the words of Coach Sirianni, you you have to water the plants and watch the, the roots grow and no, but uh, yeah, I think he's all right. It should be all right. He should um, be. Just don't open the door too fast. I'm, uh, I, I'm trying not to think of it, you know, because, you know, it's New Year. Maybe it's a new owl. Maybe he's not as angry that we have forgotten him in the blue room. But um, yeah, I don't want to be on that wrath because I've been on the end of his wrath a few times and uh, it's not pretty. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say we're just going to, we're going to make sure we don't. We just don't, yeah, we're going to, we're going to let that be. But Meanie, let's, uh, let's drop the socials. Let's, uh, let's let everybody know where they can find you on the social media and where they can support the show. Uh, first of all, let me uh, not forget these great folks. Uh, support madcatbeardcare.com. Yes. Uh, go get yourself some blue spruce over at madcatbeardcare.com. Uh, they're doing great things with uh, taking care of feral cats. You know, they take them to the doctors and, Make sure they're healthy and all that good stuff. And the guy does it on his own dime. So I'm not drawing a royalty from this or anything because I love cats. So just like bubbles from Trailer Park Boys, um, go to madcatbeercare.com and buy yourself some blue spruce. Uh, if you want to support the Blue Meanie, go to prowrestlingtees.com slash Blue Meanie. Uh, got some great new shirts up there. Uh, my my latest one is inspired by the Incredible Hulk called Incredible Blue. And it says, you will not like me when I'm blue. And I look like the uh, 80s uh, version of the Incredible Hulk. Uh, but, you know, some great shirts there from Andy Slichter. He re- he just get a, did a tribute shirt to the Philadelphia Civic Center, which I love. Yeah. Uh, it's my, it's my uh, sister shirt to my Philadelphia Spectrum shirt. So... Go over to ProSlingTees.com slash Blue Meanie. Go to... Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, if you don't not already, uh, shame on you. Go to Twitter. <laughs> well, go to all my social medias: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Blue Meanie BWO. Give me a little follow. Give me a little love over there. Uh, and if you want to support Mind of the Meanie, go to mindofthemeanie.com. I mean, well, go to mindofthemeanie.com where you can download this every uh, Monday morning, which you probably already did. But go also go to prowrestlingtees.com slash Mind of the Meanie. 
And if you'd like to support me in anything that I do, uh, go to prowrestlingtees.com slash foundation radio. Uh, we have a really cool, uh, what we call the sidekick Supreme shirt up there, which is pretty dope with our new show logo. Cause we just rebranded. Uh, you can check out everything in my archive. Uh, I have a lot of really awesome interviews on there and a lot of great conversations by going to foundationradio.net. You can also follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at this is goober. Yes, that is my handle. Yes, I'm keeping it. No, I'm never getting rid of it because it's a brand. God damn it. Uh, go follow me on this is goober and Mini. Thank you so much again for allowing us to allowing me to guide us all through this trip in the mind of the Mini. I appreciate you and I appreciate the pod squad so much for allowing me back and allowing me to steer the ship again this week. Uh, I guess we will see you again next week, bearing any major wrestling event, which feels like it's every 20 seconds or so. <laughs> for the Blue Mini, I am Adam Bernard. Join us again each and every week as we take a trip through the mind of the Meanie. Peace. This episode of Mind of the Meanie was recorded and produced by Adam Barnard and was engineered by Carl Pinnell. Additional production and narration provided by Sam Kreps. Our executive producers are Josh Chernoff, Adam Barnard, and the Blue Meanie. Our opening theme is performed by the Swamp Candles. Our closing theme is performed by Chikara. The show contains original music produced by Enrichment. Get additional bonus content by becoming our patron on Patreon at patreon.com slash mindofthemeanie. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at mindofthemeanie. This has been a Butts Carlton Media Production in conjunction with the MLW Radio Network. Butts Carlton Proprietor. That was Blue Mini's brain out. The world of MLW Radio never stops.